mamas, thanks so much for joining us. We are excited to have you as part of the Momversation. My name is Dana, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Kayla, Sam, Shay, and Christine. On today's episode, we will be covering the very hot topic of speech and feeding and self-care. It's a kind of a two-part two episode, and we're super excited to cover all of these topics. We can't wait to hear your take on things. Today's episode will feature subject matter expert, Laura Laporin, and uh, we can't wait to hear all of the great things that you're bringing Excited to the table. Excited to be here. Yeah. Um, we are so glad that all of our listeners could join us because we know you wouldn't want to miss this Mom's Night in. Tell me a little bit about what you do and how you got into Excuse me. speech language pathology. Sure. So I, let's see here. I have a background in public relations, oddly enough. That's amazing. But it wasn't fulfilling once I, be well, actually before I became a mom. It takes a lot of salesmanship. Which yeah, for it, sure. Which is difficult for me. So I went back to school at 25 to be a speech therapist and haven't looked back. I love what I do. That's amazing. Which is great to say and it's very flexible. Um, my background is in speech and feeding. The feeding started, I used to work in a NICU, so with the teeny tinies, wow. and then kind of got into that. And I, I didn't like how there's not that much out there for feeding. It's difficult to find a therapist. Really? So, I, wouldn't, I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> really? Yeah. So I like to offer both speech language and feeding to my clients. I also got a certification in Orton-Gillingham reading instruction, which uses multi-sensory approach to reading instruction, which helps me with with the older kids. Wow, okay. That I treat. So those are my three areas. That's super and, cool. And I like I like I like kind of dabbling and it keeps me it keeps you entertained. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think and I think a lot of us um you know whether you've you've really needed a speech and feeding. I think all of us have kind of had whether it's on a professional scale or just at home and our own struggles. I know my son has never enjoyed food. He never enjoyed the bottle. He doesn't enjoy heat now. He eats more than he's ever eaten. Yeah. He's always been a teeny tiny guy. And he, it's for me, without needing professional help maybe, mm -hmm. but I've always struggled with that, with you know knowing the right, if your kid is stuck on one food. I know, um, <clears throat> Shay, you had that with, with your five Yogurt, right? yeah, for about two years. The only thing she really ate was yogurt or things covered in yogurt. And yeah. <laughs> it was fun. I mean, green beans covered in yogurt. That sounds great, doesn't it? I think it's, it's really hard because it's um, tied to their growth and their development. And so we feel very handcuffed when they won't eat. It's mm -hmm. scary. Um, I have a little boy. This is the other side of me. Um, my son has sensory processing disorder. And we can go into mom guilt later about I didn't figure that out till he was five. And part yeah. of me knew when he was three. But when it's your own, it's hard to, you're in denial. And For you sure. don't even know it. It's some, someone told me later it's called blind denial. Because yeah. you're just, you can't even see it if you wanted to. But anyways, when they won't eat, and it's usually sensory related, um, it's super scary. You know, I think it's interesting that, that you said what you said because um, in every topic that we've spoken about together, um, in every group that changes as moms kind of join and leave and kind of come back, we've talked 
on all these different topics, mom guilt seems to make its way into every conversation. No matter if it's behavior, speech and feeding, uh, pediatric medicine. Did I call the doctor soon enough? Did I not call the doctor at all? Should I, did I call the doctor too much? Am I embarrassed now that I've called the doctor six times and he knows me by name, you know? Like, <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not embarrassed. Yeah, and I, I, you know, and I think that all of us have, have struggled with some form of mom guilt. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think that just extends to noticing something sooner or later. And I think that in, in hindsight, it's always easy to say, I should have done this. Mm-hmm. But when you're in it in the trenches, like anything in mom world, that's just not how it rolls. It's not real life, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think that we should probably open it up to any other. So Sarah, you were saying that you have had some difficulty finding feeding specialists. And what, why did you need that? Can you tell us a little bit about that? So um, I have twins and one of them has a trach and a G-tube. So he can't... Can you, can you oh, sorry, elaborate oh, sorry. a little bit on what, what that is? <laughs> so the tracheostomy is the little tube that goes in their neck so that it helps them breathe. Um, he had some difficulties at birth, preemie three months early. Uh, brother's perfectly fine. But um, because he had that, we couldn't even start thinking about feeding him real food because it wasn't safe. Right. And so they put the G-tube in so that we could, you know... Them up. Right. <laughs> so um, with that, like we had some home therapy once he finally got home that they were kind of the all-in-one PT, OT, speech. They didn't do anything for his speech or his feeding. Right. So I ended up getting outside help and going to, so that's another that must be thing super I had to do. Too, but that must be super frustrating too, not yeah. to have the guidance that you feel like you, you need, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, can I just add, the insurance does not want to pay for this. No. Okay. <laughs> I have a client with this very problem right now, and I actually was able to get my mother-in-law, who has gotten all of my children to eat, working for them. I think the every mother-in-law specializes in that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Which is so sad. Like, I've been fighting for these people. Yeah. The, the insurance conversation could take you all day. Yeah, that's another, yeah. That's another podcast. I, yeah, that's I have a case manager I talk to at least twice a week. So um, with that, I finally found somebody that was like helping me, and she's like, try Cheetos. They dissolve in the mouth. Cheeto puffs. <laughs> then I got the kid to eat crackers, and, you know, he's very texture-oriented as well. Like, if you give him a little yogurt, he's like, it's disgusting. But, you know, we're just kind of... We want him to think he can eat, mm-hmm. and then he's gonna get a swallow study next month, and then we're gonna progress from yeah. there. But it's kind and of a swallow study is just they, it's like an X-ray that watches yeah. the the bolus, the piece of food, go down and make mm-hmm. sure it's going down correctly. Wow, and that's really cool. Speed and I think there's so many different things that they can do today that that you know were never a thing. But I, and I think to open it up, and that's such a cool, it's such a, a, a cool perspective because that's from a, uh, a side of things that on a day-to-day basis I don't know that. Uh, many moms really understand that that um, that end of it, that end of that that spectrum. So, I think you know, but on a on a day to day basis, like what I was talking about with my son, and, and I know um, with any, honestly, with any toddler, whether it's some days, mm-hmm. some days they don't eat, and like what what extent do you go to to like I can't cram food down their throat, right? Like, <laughs> how do you go about like okay, we'll try this, we'll try this. Like, so the biggest thing with it is to try not to make it a power struggle. And it's mm-hmm. really hard yeah. because, again, it ties to their growth. And we feel like you have to it's eat. scary. Yeah, you have to <laughs> eat. So, um, 
you gotta make it fun as hard as it is yeah and like just take something simple like maybe they're slapping cheese on crackers and that's your making food together versus like a whole drawn out cookie scenario yeah but get them involved in what it is um, even if I mean a garden's like the next level, but if you can have like a little, <laughs> yeah, a little garden fox where you grow one tomato plant, and okay. you know, and yeah, they they see that, that it's it's huge for them, and it's play. And I think also remembering that you know uh, something kind of again tying back to to pediatric medicine that they say that they it's not like us where we go we don't really think about it when you're an adult because you're already like past the point that somebody's monitoring your every single move. But they're, you know, some days we're hungry, some days we're more hungry, some days we're less hungry. And we feel like for some reason that that's not okay with kids. But you know, my pediatrician was like, that you, we, we look on the week, not the day. What, some days they're gonna eat great and some days they're not gonna eat at all. And that's, that's okay, that's okay to be that way. And everyone's gonna have different struggles of, did they eat their vegetables? Are they only eating one thing? Are they, should they eat their vegetables? Like what, what's a good age? So, so with veggies, it, they say it takes 10 plus um, introductions of the vegetable before they'll actually, it'll be in the repertoire. So don't give up. That's Just interesting. keep offering it. Um, a, a friend told me a long time ago, when you're cooking and then, you know, they start to snack and you're like, stop it. That's when you put a plate of veggies with ranch dip or whatever dip they'll do on the table because they're starving and they might take a bite or two. Mm-hmm. Oh, my kid will just lick the ranch and just... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's maybe something your mom would do, but... Yeah. <laughs> or drink the cup. Yeah. Maybe cook it in the you ranch. Know, at least you're seeing the veggies. <laughs> right. It, it was that, that I, heard, I saw a comedian one time that said something like that. Like, just take a bite. Just take one bite of broccoli. One bite. Okay, just lick the damn thing okay, and move yeah. on. No, 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 no. This is the thing. This works. So my kids, we have a rule that you have to try it. And the, and then when they were smaller, that was more of a struggle. So I did. Okay, ready? Here we go. Take it. Give it a kiss. You did it. You gave it a kiss. Okay, take it. Give it a lick. You did it. You gave it a lick. Okay. Take it, give it a bite. Okay, that's it. You did it, and then, and then you take the power struggle away. That's really and cool. It's, it's entered their mouth. Does that work with me? I don't eat any meat. But you have to keep it upbeat and playful like that. It can't be. But I am uh, my biggest. I love Kaylee Kukla, by the way, that was just here, and I love um, behavior. I just I love reading about it. Conscious discipline is something I wholeheartedly believe in. And it's all about that connection. And they want to please you because you have established that um, interdependence. And um, so with the, the food, you keep it playful, but you also, this is the part I struggle with, have to be assertive. So now that they're older, mine are five and seven, they know it's a rule. And I have to say it would not aggressive, which is hard. It's a tricky line there. <laughs> I have to say, Yo, no, you know the rule. We try it. And I mean it. And if you, and if you, um, Another conscious discipline instructor told me, it's just do it, Nike. If you really in your head, okay, they're going to do it because mommy's saying just do it. They do. It's amazing. When you get it right, it blows your mind. And also not caving to, oh, my God, just fine, have a cookie. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and and kind of either it's this or if you're – because somebody once said to me something that was really, I, I feel like, somewhat sound. If they're that hungry, if they're hungry enough for a cookie, they're hungry enough for an apple. Mm-hmm. And I think that's 
kind of a logic and we feel for some reason like when it comes to kids that they're automatically going to starve to death of their own volition like the last time i checked you wouldn't let yourself starve like you know i i, I think that we give we don't give kids enough credit. Like if they're really hungry, they're gonna eat. And if their only choice is broccoli, granted, you don't want to continue to give them something that they loathe and detest. Just be careful about um, sweets being rewards, because yeah. it's it's more of a if you have it in your home and it's something you offer, that's great. But it shouldn't be a reward. It should just be uh, a sometimes food. We call them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was just gonna say I have a snacker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Aren't they all? I have before we came here today that she was looking for kind of resources to go to and I have one for feeding that I love it's called mymunchbug.com mm-hmm. Melanie Potuck P-O-T-O-C-K she's amazing everything she ever writes is published in like Parenting Magazine My National Body for Speech Language well. and Feeding <clears throat> she's the go-to and um, she has a daily schedule, again, visuals that um, the behavior specialist mentioned, always great for kids. So you show them like, oh no, snack time's between 10 and 11 or whatever it is, and we're not in that window, but maybe they are hungry, so maybe you start to involve them in making lunch, or maybe you just put that veggie tray out before lunch, mm-hmm. and that's your option. And, so- I, and first thens are always good. First, we're gonna have this veggie snack, then after lunch, you may have your snack of choice. Because then they know it's coming. First then. First then. That's really... 10 snacks. (laughs) (laughs) Sarah. So um, my two-year-old is, he's like skinny, so I'm kind of like, eat as much as you can. Um, I do the whole, he's allowed to get into the pantry, and he's got his shelves of snacks. Is that okay? (laughs) I'm like, there's fruit cups, but you know, there's also graham crackers and things like that. And he brings them to me so I can open them, but... I think it is as long as there's some time between the snacking and the mm-hmm. dinner because we don't eat dinner when we just had a snack, right? That's yeah. not going right. to happen. Right, right, yeah. yeah. Most of the time, everything mm-hmm. just ends up I'm on the, the same floor. way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they actually make it in the mouth. <laughs> yes. I, I like to say that my kid is a grazer uh, yeah. rather than a snacker because she'll come to the table and she'll eat two, two bites of broccoli because she loves it, which is... Heck yeah, yeah. my two-year-old <laughs> likes broccoli, um, but uh, but then she wants to go play. But then she'll come back for another bite of chicken. But then she wants to go play, and then yeah. she comes back yeah. for another bite of whatever. So I'm fine, and that that works for us, and and I I'm okay with it. But eventually she's gonna go to school. And how and old is she? She's two and a half. Okay, almost, almost she's almost, almost two and a half. Yeah. See, and and I think that this kind of goes exactly back to that conversation about there not being a right way, but a right way for you. Like for me, so I there's two things to, that you, one thing that you said, you know, getting them involved in the cooking process. My son, the second he wakes up in the morning, he's like ravenous monster going to eat the world and then he sits down and he's like two bites i'm done you know but i think that part of it is that he wants something immediately and if it's not done so i thought of what you know very much like that i got him i was like hey do you want to help me make the eggs and all of a sudden he he didn't need them immediately so it was teaching patience and it was teaching it was making him part of the process and all of a sudden it was becoming like an us thing which was really cool 
and he waited until the food was on the table. Yeah. But also I realized that my son, if I let him graze, he eats about a quarter as much as if I sit him in this chair. So like, so that wouldn't work for you. exactly. And that's I think fine. that's yeah. the, it's amazing the way that it's, it's so different for everybody. And I kind of, some, a theme that we'll keep repeating over and over and over again in, in every talk that we have is that when I, I'll never forget the day that a new mom, she, she wasn't, she was still, I think she had like a, a one month old. She came out and she was meeting with us and on a, on a mall walk day or something. And she said to me, well, I'm doing this. I'm not sure if that's the right way or not. Mm -hmm. And I, I really remember hearing that because I remember thinking that so many times when mm -hmm. I, when my son was first born and how we all think about the right way. Um, and you know, Bonnie, I think can, can, can relate to this more uh, and understand my point of view. I, I thought even in pregnancy and birth, there was this right way, you know, I think that there's from, from beginning to end, I feel like there's always this pressure that there's this one right. And, and like, who made that rule? So this will go into the self care talk. And this is a recent discovery. Well, first I wanted, what's your name? My name is Courtney. Courtney. I wanted to say when your daughter does get to preschool, they're going to have a schedule and she's going to fall in and she's going to be fine. Yeah. Yeah. So don't worry about that. Thanks. <laughs> um, so this is a recent discovery for me. But what what do we ultimately want for our kids? Like, what is it? Do we really care that they're the best doctor in the whole world, or they're the fastest runner, or the best soccer player? No, we don't. Right. We want them to love themselves, right? Right. And so, how can you expect someone you're raising to love themselves unless you love yourself? And that that is all feels. <laughs> Every mom is trying. And it is the hardest thing, it's the easiest thing rather to say, but the hardest to do. And it's it's a journey. Like one day I'm like, yeah, I love myself. I, I've read all my books and my research and I'm ready and I got this mom right. thing. And the next day I'm like crying to my mom on the phone like I'm 15 again. Yeah. And that's okay. It doesn't mean I don't love myself. It means I'm on a journey. And that is the most important thing for our child's development and their well-being and their growing up to be the best version of themselves is that we become the best version of ourselves. And I think that's the perfect segue into the second part of our conversation, which is talking about self-care because not only is it something that I think moms in general struggle with, I think, again, one thing that's been a resounding repeating theme is mom guilt, that we have guilt for not doing it, quote, the right way, or we have guilt, whatever the case is, you know? Um, and I think that self-care is something that oftentimes a lot of us feel guilty about mm -hmm. for one reason or another. Christine. So going back to what Mandy said and self-care, I guess, my question is, so my daughter is 15 months and she's also a snacker. Like, I got a shirt, it says snack queen with a little cream. <laughs> you know, and she's she's a very good eater. You know, she'll just, I mean, Dana knows, she'll go up to people and baby bird. Her mouth's wide open and she wants a bite. Um, it's really cute. But, <laughs> yeah, she's a very good eater. Like, she'll eat five nuggets and all that kind of stuff. But regardless, like, on the go, because I hate being, I mean, this is going to be talking about safe care, but I hate being alone, so I won't be in the house with my daughter alone. Um, so I'll go to my parents, I'll go to my in-laws, I'll go to the park, I'll go to a friend's house. But what are good snacks to take on the go besides goldfish, veggie sticks, and animal crackers? <laughs> <laughs> Those are the best ones. <laughs> I feel, again, with mom guilt, I kind of feel guilty that, like, I don't have a thing of great 
grapes that she'll eat or right. blueberries that she'll eat. Or so is it difficult for you to find the time to get those together at night? Not to t- find the time, but like, she's not like it. She's not gonna sit down and have a thing of blueberries. You know she won't eat it. Yeah. And I don't want to waste the money. Yeah. Really <laughs> no, but that it's it's a real it's a real concern though. Yeah. You know, having kids is expensive, and yeah. and ha- living life is expensive, and and definitely don't I want to throw the yeah, food away. I don't like blueberries, and neither does my husband. So like, I'm not gonna buy blueberries. Hopes that she eats them, and you know. I think it's better to <laughs> offer those kind of harder foods in yeah. a more structured environment, a sit down meal. Okay. And don't worry about the snacking, as long as you're able to again create some space of time before yeah. a meal, so that she's hungry yeah, and then the offering, offering 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 yeah. of those healthy <laughs> foods <laughs> yeah kid yeah, yeah. yeah so sure. my son and used to be the same thing his nickname was the snack king yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, sure. and no, as he got older he's three and a half ish now um what actually works for me is explaining to him the different nutritional value of food so he's obsessed with like getting muscles and being strong like his daddy so i always tell him kale has a lot of vitamins kale makes you strong tofu has a lot of protein it helps you get bigger so like when he wants pretzels, he understands now pretzels are just fillers. They don't have sometimes foods. Okay. Yeah, sometimes foods, exactly. We can have ice cream sometimes. But so now he, my son, loves his favorite food's kale. Who are you? Because he wants the vitamins. He wants to get bigger. Uh Bonnie. Well say I know one thing we've done with snacks, my kids are a little older. They're um, eight and almost eleven now. But it will do like a bento box and do a bunch of different things. Oh, that's cool. What a great idea. My 15 year old that child lived off of salmon his entire two years. <laughs> All the child would eat was salmon. Never liked meat, still to this day does not meat. Has now become a full vegan now that he's 15. But his name is Diego, so I bought all these Go Diego Go containers yeah. and services and whatever. And that was a really fun way to put repackage the, the cool things. Yeah. It was like, oh, but I'm gonna get this thermos with like you know healthy stuff in it, and it's Go Diego Go. So that kind of made it okay. That's a great idea, Sam. Yeah. Um, my question kind of is back to the pouches. My <laughs> wonderful daughter, we try broccoli a lot. She won't eat it if it's in a pouch. She'll suck it down the Yeah, mine too. So like she, it's not. I mean, I'm guessing that she likes the taste because if you look at the Aldi ones, they smell like broccoli. Like for sure they do. It was apple, broccoli, whatever. But like, is that okay right now? Yeah, she's getting the veggies. How old is she? She just turned two. Yeah, she's getting the veggies. But then again, if you do want her to eat solid vegetables down the road, you gotta offer them. A lot of times. I think that's yeah. something that I struggle with. I, he, my son is the same. He does them in the pouch, but in the solid snacking, like the heat, I, I don't offer them enough, but I love the idea of a bento box. What a cool idea to offer everything. It, yeah, you can choose, you can have it all, but there's nothing else beyond this box until you finish what's here. Everybody get one for my walk. Yeah, right? <laughs> Yeah. Start I mean, I like to call it a, a chark, the charcuterie, like the cheese board. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, that's what I do at home. Of like, you know, my kid's got a chicken nugget on her plate for dinner. She's got a broccoli. She's got corn. She's got sometimes foods of ice cream. Like, it's on the plate. It's not this this 
I really liked what you were saying. That's not on this pedestal. Ice cream is not on pedestal. Right. Mama that, loves that, her ice cream. Yeah. yeah. Like it's in the house all yeah. the time. You and then it's not it. forbidden. And no, it's not this. I have to eat and I have to gag myself through this awful broccoli just so I can get the ice cream. The ice cream's on the plate. Listen, my kids had ice cream more than several occasions when I was in midwifery school. Right? <laughs> <laughs> You're having ice cream tonight. Hey, it's filling. <laughs> Got a lot of calories and dairy and good fat. Yeah. <laughs> right? And all the fat. Yeah. <laughs> um, so so we, 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 have, we have to wrap up, unfortunately, soon. But I did want to very quickly touch on um, something that we may have skipped over, speech. We talked about feeding. We've talked a lot about food choices and things like that. We even touched on self-care. We may have to, to retouch that topic. But, but speech, uh, Shay, I think you had something specific. Yeah, I know in the beginning of this episode, we were kind of talking about the mom blinders, the, um, and I had my mom blinders on when it came to speech. I was uh, presented with the opportunity to have a speech therapist come in and test my daughter in preschool, and I talked to the preschool teacher and was like, well, she, my daughter obviously doesn't need it. She's a chatty Kathy. She's perfect. And the preschool teacher looked at me and said, no, your daughter has a speech impediment, and she needs to be tested for sure took me by surprise and thank god she told me because we were able to do very early intervention she was three when we had her tested and she had it until she was four four and a half and um and now she for sure does not have sure. any now she does not. i'm surprised you said that yeah it was it was very shocking because her vocabulary was through the roof but right. she was dropping her consonants right. so, without me noticing right. so speech and language are two different things language is their words that they're saying that um as they start to build it as they're young so at first it's nonverbal. they're pointing and they're identifying there's receptive language what they're understanding that comes first before they'll say a word they'll understand a word and then as they grow they'll start to say the word we can go into language later but with speech um, it, there's a hierarchy of the sounds and so like the sounds that use two lips the easier sounds P B all those come first later sounds would be like R T H mm -hmm. um, they're harder to say I mean we all know the car the kid that says all the R words like raccoon and yeah 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 yeah. So so Laura, so cute. Tell, can you give some tips to the listeners about when is it? What are some good telltale signs that you may need to see a speech therapist? And what are and, and what are some what are the age that's a good time to like if you notice some of these cues when to go see somebody? Right. So the earlier the better. Earlier intervention is key with both speech and language. So if you have any sort of inkling mom intuition that you need to. Um, see someone, then jump on it. I love the website speechdelay.com. You click on milestones and it has each age and it has not only what developmentally they should be doing in terms of both speech and language, but talking tips of how to help you get there with them at each age. Um, so with little, little ones, they need to start saying one word right around one year, a little bit after. As long as by 18 months they've got, you know, at least 10 words, and then they should be combining two words by two years old. So if that's not happening. And then always, always bring it up with your pediatrician. Ask them, what should I be expecting? Um, and and there's a little you. bit of a cushion there, too, I feel like. I, I, you know, like I said, my, my son was late to everything, late to walking, late to sitting, late to, late to crawling, late to, to talk. And all of a sudden, he he started putting two words together probably more around like two in a few months. Like it yeah. wasn't right on two, you know. Mm -hmm. And I think it was crazy because now he he can't you can't stop him. He and puts it, up all the words together 
they're coming out all sorts of ways and ain't no stopping that train. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not a set time. Like they will do this by this age. Right. It's a range. And that's why I say to refer to the website and to look at that. Another one I love is babycenter.com mm-hmm. where you type in the age of your child and you get the weekly updates of oh, that's cool. what they should be doing. Always spot on. Okay. And that's they, really cool. Yeah. And they have speech development milestones as well on, on um, babycenter.com. So what are some cues that, sure. what are some cues that like, uh, we, you know, we talked about blinders, right? Maybe that that we should be looking out for. Other than, is it just age related, or is there specific, like especially with speech impediments type of thing? Is there something oh, specifically? Um, you're going to want to talk to an unfamiliar listener. So you are with your child all day, every day. So you, of course, understand That's her. Really important. But you're going to want to say to maybe your sister who only sees her every couple of months, like, is it hard for you to understand her? Because because yeah, I just want to be Don't try to punch her in the face when she says the answer is yes. <laughs> my, and my parents both told me that my son needs to be evaluated for speech therapy, and I almost punched them in the face. <laughs> I was like, no, he doesn't. He's perfect. How dare you? Right. And we have an appointment next month. Because <laughs> <laughs> he does. going on the exact opposite of that. If you as a mom feel like something is off, get an evaluation. Right. Because yeah. that was with my son. And, I, you know, when he was itty-bitty, I knew something was off. And everybody kept saying, oh, he's fine. He talks. Because he was. He was a very early talker. But his was an articulation issue yeah. mm-hmm. and a tremendous amount of frustration. And so... Even though literally everybody was around me was saying, no, he's fine, let it be. I went, mm-hmm, something's off. And so yeah. we got him evaluated. And you know, we got him evaluated too. And they said, he doesn't qualify, but they said, get him in here when he turns three, because he will. And so he, his was an articulation issue. And for him, there was such a huge gap because cognitively, he was very far ahead. And so what he thought he was saying and telling us, we couldn't understand. He, his articulation issue was way behind. Like, like most things with momming, I feel like I, like I said, I, I think that all of these these kind of themes repeat and repeat over and over again. You know, where we hear about either the pressures from other people or the pressures from yourself. Like, there's there's always another voice, whether it's your own voice in your head resounding or somebody else outside. And and I think at the end of the day, you have to find the right way for you. Mm-hmm. Um, which, unfortunately, we are out of time. But I, we, we definitely. Uh, I just wanted to say for um, for payment purposes, there are two programs: EarlySteps.com, mm-hmm. or excuse me, not .com. Just Google Early Steps. It's from the ages zero to three, and then it switches over to Child Find. And those are government-funded services for children for speech and language. Amazing. Amazing resources. So mm-hmm. good to know because we were talking about how the medical insurance rarely ever pays for, for different things, feeding and speech and all those things. So that's really, really important. Um, so thank you for that. We, this has been an awesome conversation, and, and we, we can't wait to, to talk more again about it soon. Mm-hmm. Um, we thank you so all you, everybody who's listening. We thank you so much for joining us for this Mom's Night In, and we hope to see you next time. Uh, Bye now.